It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Chiefs battled, but mistakes doomed them in a loss to the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. One of those mistakes stood out. When wide receiver Kadarius Toney was penalized for lining up offside, the Chiefs lost a remarkable 49-yard play that started as a pass from Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey and ended with Kelsey's lateral across the field to Toney into the end zone. The play, the flag, and the reaction has consumed Chiefs fans and is the topic of our conversation on Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports podcast. I'm Blair Kirkhoff, and I'm joined by columnists Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell and beat writer Jesse Newell. We break down the play and the call from all angles. Hope you enjoy. Let's get started. I don't even know where to start. Be honest with you guys. Anybody got a good starting spot for today? All I know is, Blair, it's, it's very important we line up in the right spot. <laughs> whatever, whatever that spot may be, just make sure it's proper alignment. Well, you need to check with someone. <laughs> I think if, if you're gonna if you're gonna line up somewhere, you better you better ask if you're in the right place. Well, there's no more of a stickler in this room than Sam McDowell. So, Sam, where do you want us to be? I'm good with how we are. <laughs> <laughs> right up against the line, half half a foot back. Where should you be? Um, <coughs> so I, I, we do need to talk about this. Uh, even though we're in midweek, as we're recording this, or approaching midweek, and Chiefs have gotten on to New England, uh, it is still a big topic of conversation. But you guys... When when it happened and we were talking about it after the game, did you did you have a sense that it was going to dominate the NFL headlines the next day the way it has? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think this would have dominated the NFL headlines even if there had been no penalty on the play. <laughs> it was just such a miraculous play. I really think looking back at it, if you take, I mean, it was a highly highly impactful play, but it didn't come in a playoff game. I think a lot of the plays we consider the best of this era were playoff game plays. But I think it's the best regular season game we've seen in this era. And there, there's a pretty good list to choose from of those plays. So you add the penalty to it, yeah, it just adds on even more. I, I had the same thought. I, I was thinking what after that play, even after the penalty, as we were discussing um, how, to, how to write about it, if that to me would have ranked up with the Mahomes rushing touchdown against the Titans in the AFC title game. Yeah. Um, some other play- even listen, Judge Chip Wasp. Yes, yeah. Some of the famous plays in Chiefs history, if, if that had stood, because they're, they're all those are all impact plays. Um, but I honestly think that this might be the best place to start is where we had to start. You mentioned that we discussed it after the game. We had a longer conversation than we have ever had after a game about how to handle this because it was that unique of a moment. None of us have ever seen. None of us have ever been at a game where that was called. 
first of all, because it hasn't been called on the Chiefs in 19 years. <laughs> and for it to have that kind of impact on the game, um, it was it was different for the four of us. And we're, we're there to see something we haven't seen before. And that just stretched beyond our imagination, I think. Go ahead, Jess. I think what was different was the reaction. <laughs> I've never seen Patrick Mahomes like that. I think that's why it was a big story. Patrick Mahomes went nuts on the sideline. We never see him do that. We see him be the competitive prick that, that Eric Bieniemy talks about. We kind of see glimpses of it, which is why quarterback, the documentary was so telling when we see all this trash talk that we didn't realize happened in the moment because the guys have helmets on and we're far away from them. But Patrick Mahomes wanted everybody in the football world to know he was angry after that play and to be restrained by teammates for him to go off in the post game for Andy Reid to do it. And I know, uh, but, hey, you and Sam have kind of gone into more context about what upset both of those guys on that play. I think it's important for you guys to talk about that as well so that we can sort of talk through exactly um, what it is they are upset about. But Andy Reid never talks about officiating. He never talks about calls. And he refused to answer questions about anything but this call after the game. I mean, he was like next questioning football questions. So I, I don't know. I, I was in the locker room. I, I mean, I was telling people I've covered Kansas football for 13 years. They won about 12 games in that time period. I've never seen people, players respond to a call and a play and a loss like this, like that locker room. That locker room was upset. You know, you heard guys in there basically saying this is what happens every play. They couldn't believe it was called at that moment. They thought they got jobbed in this one. So uh, to me, the, the play is one thing. The penalty is another thing. But the Chiefs' whole reaction to this, and we can get into this, guys, like I don't think that like what the Chiefs did is sort of uh, – I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't feel crazy different about them after that game than I did going into this game. It's just now that they have shown this emotional outburst towards this, we can tell there's some frustration in that building with what happened and then obviously with how they're playing and the results that have come about here in the last couple of weeks. Just a, a sort of an aside, but I think a, a, some interesting things connecting all the things you guys are saying. I, I felt like as that play was unfurling, I felt like I was watching a playoff game. It made me feel like it elevated the moment. And, you know, we've all been lucky to be at a lot of a lot of really fascinating sporting events that have these moments, but only but only a handful that like you sort of feel it like in your body and you know you're gonna remember it. That was going to be that, and now you're you're just gonna remember it differently. But but um I don't even remember if any noise in the press box, you know, for our listeners. I mean, really, the press box is generally speaking, just there's kind of quiet discussion and, and stuff like that. There's not a roar or a ooh or anything like that. But I, I wish I had audio of whatever the noise was then, because I think we were probably all in this sort of like, whoa, uh, mode. I remember being at uh, Michigan Colorado game. That, I don't was, know. Just to clarify, that was yeah. before we knew what the call was. That was before the call. That's what I'm, yeah, yeah. I didn't set that up as well as I should have. But I can't remember if you were there, Blair. That Michigan Colorado game, the, yeah. the the hail mary. I'm in the I'm in, I'm up in the press box. You were probably down on the field. Um, but I remember, you know, without letting myself know I was doing this, kind of coming up out of my seat as that ball is looking like it's going to be caught. We've got the freeze frame of you with the buddy heel heel shot uh, at half court. The, 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 and and I, I, I say that in humor, but I but I think also to make the point that some things in sports look like just captivating magic. And I think you might have said it afterwards. The offside, Blair, um, deprived us all of really – I mean, I think every one of us was instantly thinking, how are we going to write about that play? And then we had to write about that play in a totally different way. 
I mean, I, I think Jesse's point's a good one that we need to get into why they're upset, but the reaction did speak to me a lot immediately after. It's what I ended up writing about after the game because it was, I just think a team that is nine and two, that's playing really well, doesn't respond the way that they responded. And I actually, I don't have, and I, I'm not even saying, I, I disagree with this narrative that it's a bad look to complain about the officials when, you, when you're just so certain of something. And like I said, we'll get into why, but um, I do think it's not a great look for Patrick Mahomes' interaction with Josh Allen. We don't know the full context of that. Josh Allen might have first said, hey, that, that was kind of a weird call, and then Patrick responds the way he did. Um, but I, I think at that that's the interaction that I think if you're looking back and, and saying something's not a good look, it, you should focus there because um, we rarely see a quarterback have an interaction with another team where he's complaining about an official. <laughs> yeah. But all of that in-the-moment reaction and then afterwards, I do think it speaks to the frustrations of the season. And look, Andy, Patrick was insisting his frustration was about the flag. Andy Reid said Monday that um, he thought it was isolated to... Communication. Yeah, but I just, I just disagree that they can't I, say I it, Sam. I think context matters. They can't say it if they are. Uh, right? Yeah. They shouldn't say it and if they are. I just think are. the context of what Absolutely. they've been through They're frustrated. Matters. They're frustrated about the season. They're frustrated about how, even though the offense shows signs, then they throw a pick, and then they fumble a ball, and then they yeah. still only score 17 points. And then in the fourth quarter, they still can't get a drive going. So I, I guess my main point in that whole thing was, like, if they would have handled this like they handled it the previous week against the Packers, I could probably legitimately come to you and say, like, I still like the ch- chances here. But this is different. And again, it could go, it's a fork in the road. It could go either direction. Maybe it rallies them together. They have four pretty easy games coming up. Maybe this galvanizes them. I don't know. But this is different than anything I've seen from a locker room, from a head coach, from a quarterback. And that, to me, they can talk week after week about, oh, just continuing with the process. And many weeks they reflect that in their words. They did not reflect that with their words after this game. And that, to me, is what made this one so different. This The, the reaction to this game, this loss, this call was completely different than anything we've seen from the Chiefs. And it seems to me more out of, again, frustration, desperation, whatever you want to call it. And so we'll see where they go from here. You're hitting at something that I think is at the very crux of where this is going from here, right? Is this the kind of thing? I mean, it wasn't just those moments, right? We see Chris Jones with Joe Cullen and, uh, you know, a a clipboard or whatever the modern equivalent of a clipboard (laughs) is being thrown down. And and, uh, I didn't see this, but I thought I read that Kelsey had a little – little jousting with somebody on the sideline and and um you know if you want to take the symbolic falling of the ceiling in the uh press room afterwards <laughs> as part of the deal i do think they're at a uh, inflection point here of whether these things that we just saw mean that they're going to galvanize to use the great term you use jesse or if, really if it's we're about to see uh a splintering i mean these kind of things can make you that way i far assume the galvanizing over that but I, I don't I don't feel like I understand this team well enough to know that I can say that with you know real clout I think all I can say is we don't have a president right we yeah. don't know how they're going to respond to this because we haven't seen this before from them this is different I, I I think it's the football equivalent of turning over the training table in the baseball clubhouse I think that was the reaction of the Chiefs in the post game. They 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 don't have that in in the locker room with the Chiefs. So uh, I I thought it was interesting that everybody was on the same page in the Chiefs locker room yes. after the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that so that led me to wonder: Well, does Andy Reid kind of give them you know a reminder message to the media when they when he finishes in the locker room? Uh, I, I, if so, then you would say something like, "Don't blame the officials for this." 
Uh, and maybe that was his message to the media after the Packers game last yeah. week. I think I would love to hear, have seen his message to the team after this game because um, because every everybody we talked to in the locker room, including the defensive players, was miffed by the officiating. Yeah, everybody. Um, and that's a, a good time to get into why. I mean, the, Kadarius Tony is offside. Like, he, he lines up offside. And so – but that's what the conversation I think locally and nationally has been is, is Kadarius Tony offside? And the chief's argument is what is the usual protocol that's in place if the player is offside and it's not to throw a flag, particularly if the first instance that you consider throwing a flag is a minute and a half left in the game. The protocol is to warn the team. And Andy Reid has, has been very clear about this, that, Hey, all the time throughout a game, it happens to where, you know, 74 is in the backfield. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll tell 74. Now it's on your plate. Now you're the guy that has to take care of it. You know the refs are watching for this. We've all seen screenshots where Kadarius Tony was offside throughout the game. It wasn't his first instance. You're basically telling him this is okay throughout the game. And with a minute and a half left, you're telling him this is no longer okay. And look, I, I think the refs are allowed to do that. But everybody I've talked to, and I talked to former Chiefs coaches, um, I talked to some other people throughout the NFL. I could not find anybody that said this is not preceded by a warning. And the Chiefs didn't get a warning. And so while we all see this subjective argument of should there or should not have been a penalty, the Chiefs' vision of this is just very black and white. This is the process that's followed, and this process was not followed in this instance. And there's a reason that that prompts Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, all, everything we just discussed to call out the officials because they think this is a very black and white situation that you skipped what is always part of this process. And by the way, it costs us the, the lead with the, within the fourth quarter. And so I, I understand that frustration. It comes across differently in the age of social media as complaining about something. Look, I mean, I, I even wrote, immediately after the game, they were on more solid ground, I thought, after the Packers game. Because you couldn't find anybody that, that thought that was not defensive pass interference on Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Here, we all thought he was offside. It was part of our conversation after the game. But that's not what they're arguing. They're arguing that the process wasn't followed. I think that's what we're trying to get at, too, Sam, is to figure out that nuance. Because there's so many things that happen on the field that we're not privy to. And just to bring people inside the locker room, I mean, people were on their cell phones, passing around the phone to show the screenshot. They wanted to see where he was. And I'm telling you, like, to a man, they were adamant that that... Again, I can feel how I want to feel about it. Sam can. We can all look at screenshots. Players were adamant that that was, should not have been called a penalty. After looking at the screenshot, passing around, like, laughing, kind of like, oh, my God, I cannot believe this got called. That was the locker room. That was the Chiefs. And then we saw that from the head coach. We saw that from the Hall of Fame quarterback. We saw that from basically everybody. And so um, I, I do think it's good to get that nuance in there because this can seem very black and white just like, hey, look at the screenshot. He's obviously offsides. The Chiefs see this in a very different black and white realm, which is like, if you are going to call this, there has to be a warning and or I've seen a guy positioned like that a million times in a football game and it doesn't get called, especially with a minute and a half, especially when things happen. I guess I'd be interested to hear you guys' thoughts too. I know Peyton Manning, his solution to this, which I think probably should be the solution next year, which is blow the play dead. 
Make it like a false start. If you're gonna call it, throw the flag, blow the whistle, come in, stop the play. We never know the magic that would have come. Um, that would have, I think, lessened the blow on this. The Chiefs still would have been upset about the penalty call, but we would never would have known the magic uh, that Travis Kelsey was about to unleash and have something sort of feel like it was taken away from us in that particular football game. I, I, I would just say I think there's so many variables in this that that are intriguing and still worth thinking about, some of which we have a sense of, some of which we don't fully know. For instance, Sam correctly makes the point that the warning, if this has happened earlier, the warning is typically funneled through the coaching staff to the player. On the other hand, if the receiver is lined up wide and he's right by the official and asks the official if he's good, the official could say, step back, you're, you're, you're over. I don't know if that constitutes a warning, but it constitutes a you know, a, a, an indication to the player that he better well, that, watch that, it. That, that would constitute a warning for sure. <clears throat> so I, okay, so so take all that into account. Now we can't really put the one play in a vacuum, but I but this is just a devil's advocate question. So Kadarius Tony, under the present rules, lines up. Let's say he lined up six inches farther up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I mean, way offside. They're already calling it egregious. I don't. I don't agree that it was egregious. I th- I was bothered by. Uh, yeah, the, it's not egregious. The, the, it's not, the yeah, description I, of egregious. I, I don't agree with egregious. that. It's clear, but not egregious. <laughs> right. But what is the remedy in that moment if, in fact, there it, there is no there's been no warning? Are are the refs to stop the game? Which you know, under Peyton Manning's suggestion, you mentioned next year, great, but that's not how it is now. What 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 is the right thing to do there well, do you run in and tell him hey you got to back up well that that's odd you can't do that yeah and to be clear his his he's not saying to stop the game until they got to back up he's saying throw the flag but stop like a false right. start but that's that's so under a false start that's under you, a different you, construct you I mean, yeah 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 as it is now so, so you're saying where's the line with that what should have what yeah. should have been done if they if 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 they had not administered a warning before and yet here he is he's offside what should have been done well since we didn't warn him before we can't call the clear the clear offside I, that seems funny to me too, and, but, but that's I, just the way it's gone. Like, I, what yeah. is, is, I, I, I don't disagree that it seems unusual, but that's because we're not in the game. And right to the people in the game, the way it actually occurred was the unusual part. I mean, yeah. we're talking. And, it seems like and that's the, a huge point. <laughs> it feels like the unwritten rules of baseball. Kind of, I mean, like we're trying to. Things can seem very black and white. You're watching at home, and you're yeah. not under, but but things are developed in a different way when you're on the field, when you're the coach, when you have the relationship with the officials, when there's all these tiny bits of margin of error you have to deal with every single game. And so, um, yeah, it, it, it is. In baseball, there's always been a pitch clock in baseball. 
They just instituted it this year. There's actually yeah. a literal clock now. But pitchers have always had a certain time to throw. They've never abided <laughs> by it. In basketball, you've got free throws. You've got 10 seconds to shoot a free throw. There's it's no rare. clock running. But... There's no clock running. It's, and it's rarely enforced in mm-hmm. that manner. There's, I, well, I, and before it is, you're warned. You're warned about it. Yes. yes. Like, it was, a, it was a story of the NBA playoffs. I think it was in 21 um, with Giannis and Tentacumpo that it was like, but he was warned. That you're taking longer than ten seconds, we're going to be we're going to be watching for this. It's not the first instance that you call it. So that this this narrative that hey, it's a rule and you you didn't go by the rule, like it's just it's not how it works. You might think that should be how it works. It's just not how it works across all of sports. With, with that comparison, let me throw this at you, Sam. Too like, let's say it's a ten second rule on a free throw. Let's say a guy takes eleven seconds. The official comes up to him and says, "Hey, next time, I'm counting. You need to know that." Let's say you got no warning and he just blows up the whistle, puts his hand up and says, 10 second call, we're going the other way. What would you think about that official in the moment? And do you think that's any way similar to what the Chiefs feel about this official that threw it, that thought, hey, instead of doing the right thing, instead of not in a crucial moment, you kind of grandstanded a little bit. Like you kind of showed off. You kind of, you did the thing that was going to, oh, here, I'm going to show them what's happening here instead of saying, Hey, next time, back up a little bit. You're three inches off sides. Did you see any of that in the Chiefs' argument, yeah, Sam? Yeah, and I think this referee bit off more than he can shoot, to be honest, because, first of all, I'd I'd love to know his honest reaction as that play was unfolding. Like, what his perspective is watching Travis Kelsey lateral the ball <laughs> in the Chiefs' front of the end zone <laughs> and thinking, well, well crap, I didn't, I didn't want to make this big of a point. <laughs> there, there is no flag on the play. <laughs> but the second thought is, like, I'm watching the Monday night game last night and watching it live, it was Jalen Waddle was offside. And what this referee has actually done is put every other official in the league in a bad spot because now they're the guys that missed the call. Rather than because the yeah, narrative yeah, yeah. on this is incorrect as far as what we just talked about, the Kadarius Tony Izzer is not offside. So now people are looking for is the next wide receiver on or offside. So it looks like the next guy missed the call when he's actually abiding by the typical protocol, the typical process to warn the player, he looks like the guy in the wrong because we're all thinking Jalen Waddle didn't get it called on him last night. Why didn't the official throw the flag? Well, okay, so here's the thing, though. I can't I can't quite get past this. It, it, they, they need to be consistent with how they administer a game. This is an outlier at a terrible time. Um, but, 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 is it not reasonable and correct to say the Chiefs controlled where they lined up. Yeah, the players and, at fault too. And both if, things can be true, right? They, they both can be true, but the, the the overriding thing is if you don't line up offside, that play stands. I mean, at, yes. I, I don't want to say as simple as that because it's not as simple as that. But, no, but it is, it is like, another that, example way to solve it of sure. the Chiefs. Yeah. Chiefs a little bit of an issue with detail this to, year. To your point. Yes, to, I just think both things can be true. Yeah, I but agree. I think both things are true. Totally, your, yeah, your point totally agree. To your point, by you look across the other side of the line of scrimmage, Rasheed Rice is pointing at the side judge, saying, am I in a good spot, gets the acknowledgement, and is in the right spot. You see him getting the acknowledgement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is not what we see. This, and he's, with, he's with half totally. a yard further back. And so uh, just to even make this more complicated, guys, going back, if you guys watched the play on All-22, Kadarius Tony actually sets the rubber out that gets Travis Kelsey wide open on this play. So I know Andy Reid has talked about, hey, he's 
two inches, maybe one inch off sides. Protractor. The, the pro, get, not getting on a protractor, that was what he said. There's a reason for him to want to be protractor's as... Protractor's right up your alley. It's on your bike. Uh, it's, it's right there. It's, I, I think it's, it's a protractor or a compass. I think it might be compass. I think it's protractor. Oh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll have to check that out. The main point is that, that Kadarius only has a reason to want to be as far as he can be up on the line of scrimmage. If you watch him cross, him and Kelsey almost collide. And it's a matter of inches from them not colliding. And because they don't collide, he collides with... Travis Kelsey's man, and Travis Kelsey is wide open on. But we all saw Travis Kelsey wide open. Why? Buffalo had man coverage. Kadarius Tony got in the way. He was in the way because he was a few inches ahead of Travis Kelsey. Start. Had a little head start on that. So again, I'm going to further complicate things here and say, you know, does two inches make a difference? I don't know. But him being up a little bit further on line of scrimmage was the reason that play worked too. So uh, it, it's 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 fascinating to go back, and and this is a great talking point. But I, I do think it's important as Sam talked about, to clarify what Andy Reid said yesterday and you wrote about uh, today as well, Vahe, which is like the Chiefs' beef with this is procedural with things that we don't normally know or talk about from the outside. Less so than this, him lining up there should be a legal play every single time. And so that, that's a really good distinction, I think, to make. And I think hopefully we don't get lost in all of this talk with that, that the Chiefs are making a different argument than maybe it seemed like uh, right after the game on site. Sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but it was ruler in your bio. Ruler. <laughs> Disregard <laughs> everything you just said. This is out of your element. Okay, well, yeah. No, compasses definitely don't have anything to do with math or math teachers, So uh, especially back in the 1990s. So you know, we can keep going. Um, you know, just I, I, I just want to say this too with, with, with Andy. I, I really appreciated, I think, the candor and the passion about it. I, I, I do think he was not cautious enough on Sunday to make the point that's not why we lost the game. He was just, he was overcome with anger. He really was. But, I, but part, of the, part of the candor I appreciate is it only adds to the muddle here, which is, yeah, and that happened to be a play where Kadarius didn't, didn't check. And that was jarring to hear. I don't know about it, if it hit you guys. Right, away, which he like, said he said on Monday. He said it on Monday that that well, and, and yeah, he didn't he didn't check. Here's here's the crazy part. The other time this was called a receiver this past week, Amir Smith Marset with the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> he went to the same training camp as Kadarius Tony. I guess Kadarius well, didn't go through and, training and, camp. But. Sorry, I, we're all going on and on. I'm me more more than anybody. But here, here's a question. Let's go back to the. Um, if it do, did constitute a warning to Kadarius Tony to be told, "Hey, back up," we don't even know that happened because Kadarius Tony has yet to talk to the media. But at some point, then, if Kadarius Tony has lined up, what was it, five or six times offside that it appeared to be? Who who's monitoring that on the sideline? And are, are you only accountable to it if the officials warn you, or, 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 or are you the, supposed or, to be, or the press box, or offensive coaches, or in the press box, right, whoever's. Somebody's got that, right? I feel like that. So why is that not a, a yes, thing here? Listen, I mean, to me, if you know that it comes with a warning, look, we know Juwan Taylor is fully aware of his procedure penalties. And you test to see every game. Yes. What is this yeah. ref going to allow? Yeah, yeah, great point. And great then point. you know what the ref allows, and then you're like, all right, <coughs> this ref is not allowing where I just lined up. He's warned me on it. Now I've got to move. If Kadarius Tony has has gone through the, the same spot three or four times and the ref's not said anything to him, why would he think that it's incorrect to, to line up where, where he lined up? It reminds me point. of pass interference because the same thing with man coverage. You see what you can get away with. Jalen Watson made a similar comment online on Twitter after the game about his penalty we're not talking about, which was the third and long. He gets called for legal contact. Yeah. He said, I did that three or four other plays. I don't get called to the biggest play of the game. It's the same thing. You kind of figure out where you're at, and then however they call yeah. it, you adjust to it. So I think that's going into this. 
Um, and then second, Sam, do you think it has anything to do with, it seemed like those other instances that Dan Orlovsky brought up on ESPN on the Twitter account would have been with the far line That's judge. I'm not positive that the refs don't switch spot at halftime. Yeah, but they so I don't know. It definitely was on the opposite side of the field. It was on uh, the Ooh. Bills' sideline where Tony was lining every single time until Ooh. the one that was actually called. Ooh. Ooh. Um, Ooh. So I wondered that as well. But I Ooh. wanted to touch just super quickly, Vahe, on the thing you said about um, them saying it didn't cost them the game. Like Patrick Mahomes was very adamant about that too. And I actually thought one of the best points he made was you never know it could have cost us a great moment from Josh Allen too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But Andy wasn't clear enough about it is what I really meant. I mean, Patrick, I no, think actually – No, separate point. Yeah, but yeah, I, I totally yeah. agree. Andy Andy was in such a, a – look, I mean, Andy Reid is not like a screamer or a yeller. We know him well enough to know he was in rage mode after yeah. that game. Yeah. And I agreed with his assessment on Monday that he did not explain it very well yeah. on why he was mad. He went for the shock value of calling it embarrassing. Yeah, well, yeah, well said. A couple times, but it was not specific for why. We got the why on Monday. Yeah, which is going to cost him. He'll he'll be fine. For, it will. Thank yeah. Patrick will be too. And, and Patrick, yeah, we'll, it's something we'll have to keep and an I, eye I on. I wonder if if he's. Mahomes is going to get additional fine for his antics on the field mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I, for going, I, I would yeah. disagree with that, but I think it's at least possible. The NFL's handed out a lot of fines this year. The the Andy thing felt to me like battling for his team, though, too. I mean, we've seen this happen before which, where, like, Vahe asked him about what, on Monday. What, like, I think like, that was a good, a good phrase in that question. And, and we can get to that, but, like, yeah, I remember, like, Jawan Taylor. Like, remember the. The first week, oh, that's on Juwan. He's got he got warned. He knows this. He's got to figure out the opener against the Lions. Second game, he got the penalty. He goes, no, this is garbage now. Yeah, and he yeah, stood up yeah. for his player because he said, hey, my my guy was warned. He did what he's supposed to do. And all of a sudden, now it's still coming at him. This is not our fault anymore. He's saying for the Chiefs, this is the NFL's fault. This kind of felt like that. Like the Packers, they all brushed it off. They said, hey, not a big deal. And then something procedural happens. They go, wait, no, wait a minute. You know, said all the right things the week before. It was in the right mindset and then this thing happens again against it's it's sort of and again you guys made a good point which is because the locker room is all together maybe this moves them forward maybe they are all united in this well, moves I, them I forward. absolutely agree with that but let me let me bring up two quick points um the we all saw it the and i i, I guess we credit espn for this the um, 25,192 or whatever is that what it is yeah. I think it's, yes like that, yeah. 20, 25, I don't know how many penalties there are in football. I don't know if it's 20. I don't know how many different penalties are. But this was the first one, right? That Andy Reid's the, tenure, that's yes. 25,000? Okay. Yeah, 25,000. First time mm-hmm. offense, offensive offsides has been yes. called. And the other the other point, and I want to ask you about this, Sam, is what, what impact did Terry McCauley's comments on Sunday Night Football have yeah. on, on Andy Reid's thought process here? Yeah, the, the first point I would just – I think it's really important because – I would ask the people who just are just only focused on, well, he's offside. I'd ask, do you really think Kadarius Tony is the first player in Andy Reid's career to line up offside? And then ask yourself, why haven't the others been called? Right. And I think that gets at why he's upset and what we discussed. Um, the second piece, Terry McCauley said on NBC that it's been a point of emphasis this year. And he's right, but he's applying it incorrectly because it's a point of emphasis specifically because of the tush push. And by the way, later in the in the night, we saw Dickerson, Lana Dickerson for the Eagles was called for offside incorrectly, by the way. It was Jason Kelsey's hand. The center cannot be offside. And they called Dickerson because they thought the guard's hands were beyond the ball. So they've emphasized that because they're trying to – they want to take the tush push out of the game without taking it out of the game. And so they're saying, well, you can't be offside on it. 
And so they've been really specific about that. The emphasis has not been on wide receiver alignment, which is why Jesse and I spent yesterday morning saying, how often is this called on a wide receiver? And we found four instances all year. We looked at those four instances. One of them, a, a Saints wide receiver, that is egregious. Like he was well off sides. The other two are pretty similar to the Kadarius Tony. And one of them was also on Sunday. He mentioned uh, Smith Marset for the Panthers. Um, and the context that's missing is whether or not these guys were warned because Jesse spotted this in the Carolina one with Smith Marset. The, the coaches are furious with him afterwards. <laughs> it's funny. With him, yeah. with him, with the player. Two and coaches are yelling at Smith Marset after this play. That's interesting. You would, you that's would really think interesting. that context would be we told you about this. They mm-hmm. told you right. they were looking at you for this. Um, otherwise, I don't think he's far enough offside to where it would warrant that that sort of reaction. But and by the way, the fourth one was same crew that called the one on Kadarius Tony, and it's a hurry up play. And so there's no evidence that Donovan Peoples Jones, he's the fourth one, looked at the ref at all. But it is a hurry up play. It's one of those right, race the line of scrimmage, catch the defense off guard. And so I could see in that instance where the ref looks at that play differently and said, you're trying to fool the defense here, and you've got to line up correctly if you're going to do that. um, We need to start wrapping this up. Uh, I I would say as great as that play would have been. And and so actually I'm watching uh, ESPN Sports Center on Sunday night. They're counting down the top ten plays of the day like they always do. And they get through to three, and I'm I'm thinking, I wonder if they would just add this one to, even though it didn't count, would would this be the top one or second best play of the day? It turns out it wasn't. It didn't make the top ten because it didn't count. Uh, But the other thing is, uh, let's not— a good debate in that ESPN room to say, should we still put this on the top (laughs) ten? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, But let's not forget, the Chiefs had a pretty uh, crazy defensive play in Germany that you all saw— on the defensive side, right, uh, with the, the, the fumble, the lateral. And, uh, this one, I, I think, would have been greater just because of it's so unusual to have a player lateral the ball across the field, Music City Miracle style, but uh, but we didn't, we didn't get that. You're making me think of sort of the, I don't know if you call it levity, but the one moment where Patrick kind of smiled post-game was when he was talking about he kind of hoped that it, when at Travis Kelsey's Hall of Fame induction, that that's on the highlight reel anyway. Yeah, yeah. Can, um, can I tell you the greatest part of that play, guys? The greatest part of that play is I just told you that Kadarius Tony picked off uh, a player and ran his route. The guy that was guarding Kadarius Tony was Cam Lewis, cornerback. So he's trailing the play quite a bit. He comes up to Travis Kelsey, and he knows that Travis Kelsey is so local that. When he goes up to Travis Kelsey, he sees him raise his hand, and Cam Lewis goes for the all-out jump-up <laughs> deflection on a, on a lateral and almost gets it. I have no idea how Kelsey got it by him, but the fact that a cornerback is thinking, how do I tackle Travis Kelsey, and totally gives up on that plan because he's like, this dude is so nuts. I know he's going <laughs> to lateral this thing across the field. He jumps with both hands. I have no idea how he doesn't tip it, but that makes the play even greater that Kelsey somehow gets this backwards pass around this cornerback who thinks he's going to throw it backwards. It's like, like I'm anticipating that. This I'm guy anticipating is that the much craziness. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, by the way, and, and maybe I'm just not thinking this through enough, but how far across the field was the, the Music City Miracle Boy, lateral? It seems to me it went numbers pretty, to numbers pretty, pretty so. far. Yeah, I think it was pretty far. numbers to numbers. Oh, numbers to numbers. But how, how far was this 
you know, I'm going to call it a lateral. It is a lateral, but sure. it's still it's really a pass. I mean, it's an overhead, overhand pass. Well, we were discussing actually earlier today. To I, can't, I can't recall another lateral in a game other than the the craziness of a last play or a kickoff in which a guy actually lateral overhand. Um, first of all. I don't think you see enough laterals, which is kind of another. <laughs> but I well, think you, this, that'd be one of the stories we would have written had this. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it, was, it, why don't teams use it more often? You talked about it on the podcast. <clears throat> By the way, it's the outside hash to the numbers is how far Kelsey threw it. So what is that? 25? 25, maybe? He also threw it backwards a little bit, too. Yes. He did, but you have to do, right? Yeah, uh, but, yeah. But it's not the first time he's lateral, too. Kelsey, remember right. the, the play at Detroit, Detroit uh, uh, a few yeah, years yes. ago? and. Um, Although that was like a little pitch. Noah right? Gray, right? Noah Gray earlier this year, mm-hmm. lateral too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, 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 that's right. It was it was sensational. It was a wonderful play. I'd like for the Chiefs to come out wonderful with that as their first play on first play on <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> Just give it a whirl. That'd be great, Kadarius. I'm good. Am I good? Yeah. Ashley waits and watches for the rep to say yeah. <laughs> Boom. Uh, all right. Well. It's a great conversation, you guys. I know we didn't uh, we didn't talk much about what's going to happen in New England this weekend, but uh, you know, we, we don't get a chance to talk about topics like this that often. So, good conversation. Thanks a lot, and we'll see everybody in New England. That'll do it for this episode. Money Davis produced the show, and thanks to him and our Sportsbeat KC staff of Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to Jesse Newell, Sam McDowell, and Vahe Gregorian for sharing their insights. When it comes to digital sports pages, it doesn't get better than the morning sports edition. Check out their coverage of the Chiefs, Royals, Colleges, Soccer, National, and International Sports News at liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more episodes of Sportsbeat KC, where we talk sports in and around Kansas City. 